because I have put a lot of my sense of self and self-esteem and confidence in achievements and outputs, it was very difficult. It's already difficult for me to slow down. But then when it feels like I don't have the luxury to take one, two, seven days off, it just sort of spiraled me into a posture of, yes, trying to serve God and trying to serve people and trying to uphold all of my responsibilities, but not taking time to renew and refresh in God. So the big goal, honestly, was not to have some kind of like mountaintop experience with God. And I don't come to you this morning as someone who read through the Bible 10 times and had some new revelation. Uh, The big goal was just to like not work and try and sleep more. And that was a really big foundation for the start of my recovery. The next was that I needed to begin, once I had that rest, to confront the lies that had sort of brought me to this place you journey in the Christian life long enough and you begin to realize that even underneath some of your well-intended actions and activities, they're really fueled not by the current of God's grace and love and his truth, but a corrupting emphasis comes in, a twisting, a distortion, a little lie, and it slowly kind of perverts and reorganizes the trajectory of your life. And sometimes it happens very subtly. Jesus talked about it as weeds growing up with the good things, but they slowly choke out the life. And Rick talked about that metaphor of gardening too. You have to be vigilant as a gardener. It's not just about growing the plants. It's about growing the plants while you're identifying and uprooting weeds because before you know it, the weeds can overtake the garden. And no one planned for it, it just sort of happens. That happens naturally. And some of the lies that I began to become aware of, some of them were longstanding and were just sort of amplified during the pandemic, and some were sort of new and took on new steam as different pressure points built in my life. But here are a few, I mean, I think I had like 28 or something, but here's just a few of them. If I don't stay busy and hurried, people are going to think that I'm lazy. So if I don't project hurried and busyness, people are going to think I'm lazy. Activity is productive. So achieving outputs, that's productive. And so I serve God and I build his kingdom by doing more and more. Another lie, if I say no to helping people in need, then I'm being selfish. Or my self-esteem and my confidence, my sense of worth is very directly tied to not just producing things, but receiving recognition for doing those things. Here's another lie. I don't deserve to be happy or at peace or fulfilled or prosperous if other people aren't around me. This was a big one. and This is a long-standing one. Working hard... Sorry, the evidence that I'm working hard is that I'm kind of tired all the time and I'm busy all the time. That's the evidence that I'm actually working hard. And lastly, I actually don't need to spend a significant, I need to spend some time, but I don't need to spend a significant amount of time and energy on personal formation because I'm a pastor, so so much of what I do kind of overlaps with spiritual formation, so it just sort of is like part of the job. Now again, those are just a few of the lies 
that slowing down and reflecting helped me to identify and acknowledge and begin to confront. And I looked at this list, and what was sobering is that, again, at no point did I sit down and think, I'm going to start believing this stuff. Today's the day I'm going to start believing this. It's stuff that was either already there or got seeded and then began to take root and grow. And somewhere along the way, I just lost my way. I can't pinpoint when some of these dysfunctional postures of the hearts and habits and manifestations in my life where it really tipped over. It's just I lost my way and I could look back and say, wait, I'm not on the right path. I'm not actively resisting God, but the life of God is being choked out in me. Why is that? And then my compulsive addiction to achievement and activity kind of spiraled again to taking me away from time to really allow God to search me and to reflect and to slow down. And that's what I tried to do as I began to build up some physical and mental recalibration from the rest. And lastly, and this is something that I'm really just starting to do, is, is kind of clarify the values and priorities that I want to be integral to my life in the next 10 or 15 years of life in ministry. I feel young on the inside, but I'm 45. Like, I'm kind of halfway through my life. I'm probably about halfway through my career as a pastor. And I certainly want to learn from the first 15, or you know, first 18 or, or 20 years. And I want the next decade or two, God willing, to be genuinely fruitful. And I want to guard my heart so that I can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And I know time is going to fly. I've got, you know, Lauren is starting Selkirk on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, I understand that the demands on my life and the responsibilities on my life, th those aren't going to ease anytime soon. So I've really got to make sure my foundation is strong and then I'm reforming how I move through my days, my mornings, my afternoons, my evenings, my days, my weeks, my months, because the, the calendar kind of ticks over. And you know that, right? The calendar ticks over. And if you don't bring direction to the momentum of your life, you, you will just get carried in whatever way your compulsions and your reactivity will make it seem very natural to go towards. So I've been just thinking through what are my values? What is important to me? What are the practices that Rick talked about? The deep formative practices that no one else is going to see. No one's going to say, wow, you spent five minutes in silent contemplation, Jeff. Good for you. You're amazing. All the hidden stuff that is between you and God. What do I need to do so that I can be healthier? And how do I set goals? Not as a, an Enneagram 3 who likes to set goals to achieve things, but how do I set goals around becoming a person of depth and deep integrity so that I can say to other people, yeah, follow me, because I'm following Jesus. The next step for me is, in the last week of September, I'm going to be going to a sustaining pastoral excellence retreat in Cochrane, Alberta. It's at the Kingsfold uh, Catholic Retreat Center. This is actually being done by the American portion of our denomination, the Evangelical Church in the States. It's not a Canadian one, but it's for all of North America. They do two a year, 
and each retreat is capped at 10 people per retreat. Now, if I was 25 and you would have said, do you want to be considered in like the top 10 pastors in Canada? I'd be like, oh, absolutely. That's my intention. I'm pretty humbled at 45. I'm kind of like in the top 10 burnt-out pastors in North America. <laughs> and they saw my application, and they're like, you've been accepted. Come and join us for five days of reflection and silence and therapy with a counselor and spiritual direction and getting together with a cohort of other pastors and ministry leaders and missionaries who are learning how to reform their life, sort of like what does the process of spiritual rehabilitation look like? You know when you walk with a limp for long enough or some kind of misalignment and then all the other muscles and things in your body begin to bend around that deficiency or that, um, yeah, misalignment? And so what started out as, you know, yeah, a limp that you thought, well, I'll just kind of ease into it and it'll be gone in a few days. But then your body begins to say, no, this is the way we're going to walk now. And so physiotherapy is important because the physiotherapist says, you've gotten used to moving your arm like this, but it's actually supposed to move like this. And you're like, oh yeah, that does feel different. And that's what I feel like this process has begun in me and I'm hoping this retreat will continue and give me some new tools. But I, I do probably honestly see myself kind of recovering and, and being a part of that spiritual rehabilitation, certainly for this, uh, for this year. And so getting rest and confronting lies and clarifying the values and priorities that I need to put in place to have a strong and vibrant faith, a strong and vibrant leadership, to be a pastor of deep integrity and faithful witness, these are the things that kind of come together to, that sort of are summarized in that command to like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out in a new way what it means to guard my heart. Because even at different stages of life, that, that means something different. That means something different when you're a teenager moving into the dating scene. And it means something different when you're a young parent. It means something different when you um, have your own business or you've got a lot of money or you have very little bit of money or you have these opportunities or you don't have these opportunities. And so that's the adventure and the invitation that I feel like God is leading me on. And I really do pray that through it, I will become more and more a person and a pastor who can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, let me just pray for a moment and then we'll kind of enter into a time of communion. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace in my life and for how you're teaching me and leading me and forming me and, and doing that across hearts in this church. And I pray that whatever lessons I'm learning, whatever uh, rough edges are being smoothed out, whatever weeds are being uprooted, that God, your spirit, would encourage other people as they see someone who's really genuinely trying to allow your kingdom to come and your will to be done in their life. I want that, God. Part of me is scared, but when I reflect on your faithfulness in my life, I want it. As we prepare ourselves to come forward and have a time of communion, would you hold us in your grace and in your love? Make these next few minutes not 
mechanical, but really help us to enter into them. We thank you that because of your grace and your love and your death and resurrection, we can come and receive from you gifts for the journey. Bless those today, God, who even today are feeling that weariness, maybe in their own world are feeling burnt out, and I just pray that you would lead them to resources and people that will sustain them, and may it start today around this table. Amen. And so now it's our sacred privilege to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper together. And this is available to anyone who's humbly put their trust in Christ, who desires help to lead a holy life, who are genuinely sorry for their sins and want to turn from them and turn towards righteousness and holiness, who want to walk in love towards God and their neighbors, who want to take on, want to take hold of the life that is truly life, who want to follow God and his commands, walking in his ways, enjoying him. If that's you, then you are invited to participate with faith to receive this sacrament. And so my invitation to you over the next few minutes is to come to this table, not because you must, but because you may, and come to testify, not that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love Jesus and his righteousness covers you. And so you come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. And you come forward not because you feel like you're owed something or you have a claim on the grace of God, but because in frailty and sin you stand in an awareness of your constant need of God, his mercy and his help. On the screen we're going to have the confession of sin, and I invite you to pray this with me. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. First John says that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us, and he will actually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So may God's mercy and grace meet us in these moments, strengthen us in all goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit, and keep us in eternal life. Amen. Now let's pray together the prayer of humble access. We do not presume to come to this, your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the bread and drink the cup that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. And now, as Jesus taught his disciples, let's pray through the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. 
Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Lord of all, we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving and present to you from your creation these gifts. God, we pray that you would bless these gifts, that they would be a sign of the new covenant. Unite us to Jesus in his death and resurrection so that we can be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and all glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Hear the words of Jesus as conveyed by Paul to an early Christian community in Corinth. He said, I receive from the Lord what I'm passing on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. So do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And then Paul adds these words, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward. There'll be a, at least one song. If I have two there, Greg. If we need a second one, go into the second. But if we just need the first, we'll just end it after the first. And um, I'm going to stand up here with the individual packets so you can come forward and receive them and go back to your seat. And then there's kind of a bread layer on top and then a juice layer. And you can take, return to your seat, pray, give thanks, and eat and drink when you are ready. So come forward when you're ready to receive. In the darkest hour When I cannot breathe Fear is on my chest The weight of the world on me Everything's crashing down Everything I have known When I wonder if I'm all alone I remember I remember You have always been faithful to me I remember I remember Even when my own 
thinking about. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about your goodness, goodness. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about. I can't stop thinking about your goodness. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing the doxology together. Can we go back to the last slide on the... Sorry, Greg, I forgot to say I was going to do the doxology on the communion slides. Yeah, words will be up there. There we go. If you don't know it, it's pretty easy. You can just hum along, but I invite you to join me. Praise God from whom all blessings As you go, friends and family of Nelson Covenant Church, may you guard your heart and in so doing guard your life. May Christ's character and heart be formed in you. And may you follow my example, meager as it is, but only insofar as I follow Christ. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great Sunday. Say hi to anyone you